Are you ready to bridge the gap in our current healthcare system and really help people that struggle with flexibility, mobility, and weakness? Hi, I'm Kim Narker, and welcome to Rehab to Wellness Boss Podcast, a business owner successful startup podcast where I help you start, build, and grow your wellness business. Join me as I reveal real secrets to helping rehab professionals build a successful, proven wellness program that keeps their community away from reactive care. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rehab to Wellness Boss. I've got an exciting show today. We have Jerry Durham in the house today. Welcome, Jerry. Thanks for having me, Kim. I love the excitement. I love the energy. (laughs) So, guys, we're going to come on today. I'm going to jump right in it because most of you already know Jerry Durham and what he's doing for PT practices and owners in the PT field. Guys, and if you don't know Jerry, look him up. He's all over social media with YouTube, his podcast, and everywhere you look, but customer lifecycle. That's what he specializes in and helping other PTs and PT practices. And Jerry, you had an outer network clinic. And how long were you and Sturdy together and owning that clinic? So we had that clinic. I got out about 16 years in. I think Sturdy stayed another maybe four or five. And then it's now agile physical. It's funny. LinkedIn updated it for me. It's so funny. I went and looked at my bio the other day on LinkedIn and I'm like, what the hell is that logo doing there? And I realized, oh yeah, agile took it. So yeah, it was about, yeah, I was in it for about 16 to 18 and sturdy was in it for another four to five. Wow. And the most, just real quick, the most interesting part of that journey is we were in network for about six, seven, eight years, and then went completely out of network, right? And as I like to tell everybody, that was in about the mid-2000s when out of network was the dirtiest four-letter word you could use in all the healthcare. So, Dude, I remember when you came out with your healthcare disruption, and I followed you like crazy. I thought it was just so cool. (laughs) So Jerry and I met because I was in network for the first three years I opened in 2013. And then in 2016, I was going out of network and there was no way I was going to be mentored by anyone but Jerry Durham because I just knew I had to get systems in place and had to understand my customer better before being able to ask people for cash. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. And As we fast forward to 2022, we figure out that basically whether you're in network or out of network, it's all cash now because co-pays and deductibles and co-insurances. And the the longer I'm in this, you know, we were discussing this before we jumped on, you know, the ability to manage a client, customer, patient, where they are in their journey with you is bottom line, the success of your business. Yep. Yep. Listen to that, guys, because he is right. And today we're going to dig in a little bit deeper to the Jerry Durham method and what he does and how he helps other people in order to help new owners really understand what they need to be putting their time, money and energy into. So, Jerry, without further ado, I'm going to jump right in if that's okay with you, my friend. Sounds awesome. All right. So who do you find yourself helping these days? Yeah, it's it's interesting. 
you know, the business model doesn't matter. The practice model doesn't matter. I always say this, the practice model doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter what your, what type of mobile, right? Musculoskeletal, pelvic health, anything, peds, I've, I've done it all. The other thing that doesn't matter, even though we alluded to it at the beginning is the payer model. Cause I'm finding the longer I do this, when I first started this, I thought, Oh, all the, the only people that are going to really benefit from what I'm doing are out of network kind of hybrid type models, collecting money at the type of time of service. And the longer I'm doing this. And as we discussed before, I'm having the biggest impact with the in-network clinics because I'm helping them to get on track to figure out who are we really selling to? Who is our customer and how can we drive better retention? Things like decreased drop-offs, decreased cancels, increasing completed plans of care. So that my new favorite word of the last two years is, so you have greater efficiency in your business. So if I'm going to put a dollar into my marketing or a dollar into my patient's life cycle, how do I maximize that dollar and get the most back? And that's that work I'm doing. And again, finding the biggest impact and the biggest change is with the in-network clinics, to be totally honest. So so those are the people I'm working with these days and people just realizing that, hey, what worked yesterday ain't going to work anymore, right? Because even the in-network clinics, right? Your patients have the high deductibles, your patients have high co-insurances, your patients have high co-pays. And I kind of grin when I see people moaning and groaning about that. And I grin from the standpoint of, but we should have always been talking to these people in the same manner, regardless of if their copay was $0 or if their copay was $150. So it's not about money. It's not about money. If your client has a problem, they are going to put the money on the table if you can fix it. That's all there the is. The only it. time it's about money is in the absence of value. And so in the absence of value, people will default to money. So when I get the, well, everybody objects because of price. And I'm like, cool. I hear you. Let's listen to some calls. And I'm like, they don't know what they're buying. Right. They're confused. Yeah. So confused buyer will not buy. That uncertainty I talk about. So if you have uncertainty about what you're paying for, you're going to default to price and go to the lowest price. And then what I found, back to your point, is that at the end of the call, there's uncertainty, there's unknown value. So they say, well, that sounds expensive. So the front desk, your front desk, that's untrained, that you've dropped in this position. And you're only paying $12 an hour. Yeah. And it's not on them. It's on you states objective because of price. And you're like, wow, all these people, all they, and because this is the other feedback I get. My favorite thing is all anybody cares about is if we take their insurance or not. I say, I'm going to go out on a limb without even listening to any of your calls in state because you guys make it about insurance. Yes. yes. So, so those are the people I'm helping. That is the way, right? That's the start. So most people know me as the front desk guy, this came up recently. And I'm known as the front desk guy because that's where I constantly default to because the biggest impact is what you do with your potential patient, client, customer before they arrive in your business, right? And we don't put any value on that as business owners. And when we do, we find out that the work downstream, evaluation, scheduling a plan of care, completing a plan of care, all those metrics, all those visits, everything else, become far easier to achieve if we go further upstream and start managing this stuff better before people arrive. Decreasing uncertainty, managing, setting expectations, building trust. I think I'd go even a little deeper than that, Jerry. If we look at the model that Disney has put together, I mean, people do look at price, but 
when you're looking to book a Disney vacation, you already know it's going to be expensive. You're looking for what can I do in that five days? You're not really, I mean, you're going to, some people do it on a budget. Some people don't do it on a budget. So they're looking for that stuff. They're not looking for a coupon for Disney. And we need to stop thinking that our customers are looking for a discount from our services. Which goes back to if they don't know. So you said a lot of stuff in there, good stuff. People know what they're going to get from Disney, Mm -hmm. aka, right? The experience, the value. The fun. So even back to what you said, Kim, because some people will do Disney on a budget, but here's the kicker. They do Disney. Yeah. Right. They find the money. They find ways. Because by the way, doing Disney, here's the kicker too. I think we need to expand on this just briefly. Doing Disney on a budget is not paying cheaper admission. It's nope. not paying cheaper per visit. It's what you do once you get in there. So because back to our original discussion, they understand the value of what they will receive. They understand the experience of what they will receive, either through marketing whether through word of mouth, whether through movies and experience. So the experience is already laid out and set for them. So even if you have to do it on a budget, right? You fly Southwest, you bring lunch, but you pay the same damn emission as people spend in 10 times as much, right? You work extra hours, you pull yeah, money out of savings. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You find the money to make sure you can get the experience. And that's what we have to work on. Because you know you're going to get it. Yep. So we're back to that first phone call. So again, hanging up and going, oh, everybody's objecting because of price. I'm like, Mm -mm. maybe not, right? I mean, think about it. If you And there are people out there. If you could grab people, right? Put them in a control group, grab like 10 people. Five of them have never been to Disney. Don't know Disney. Haven't seen a Disney movie, right? And you showed, and the other five had, and you showed them different ticket prices. Well, you, you tell me. What half of the group would be saying no, the more the price went up and what other half, what half of the group would be saying yes, the people with previous experience. And by the way, I don't mean being in the park. I mean, Mm -hmm. understanding Disney and what they deliver, right? Mm -hmm. As an experience. So again, we're back to this first phone call and understanding website, understanding your marketing, understanding your word of mouth, by the way, which needs to be everybody. I've had a couple of clients. Well, we don't do marketing because we we get so much word of mouth. I'm like, but that's a silo. That's a marketing silo. It has to be managed. It has to be controlled. It has to be measured, right? So even word of mouth, right, needs to be managed in the same way. So again, do they understand the experience? Do they understand the experience? Do they understand the value? Do they understand? Here's my newest thing too, or my favorite thing. I should say, do they understand that you fit in their journey that they're currently on? Write that down. Write that down. People are just looking for a solution. And most of us, if you look at the people when they come into our clinics, most of us walk them out of our clinics right back into everybody else's hands that are non-skilled. Yeah. This is in the research. I've gone back and forth. I love everybody arguing evidence-based medicine because the research says people want an expert. Right. So you get to sell the expert, right? Who will tell them their problem. Bear with me on that statement for a second. So they want an expert who will tell them their problem and then will give them a plan or a journey back to the solution they desire. Right there. By the way, by the way, that's not from PT research. How do you like that? That's from medical research. So I was like, first time I read that, I was like, that's physical therapy, my friends. 
but nothing in there says price. Any oh, of no. that stuff. No, it's when you call our office or when you get into the clinician that price comes and becomes the barrier. Yep. So if let's piggyback on that. So if people want an expert, if people want to know their problem, I'm going to dig deeper into that in a second. If people want to plan back, if you get on the first phone call and you make that part of the value story, value equation, then watch this, watch the magic unfold. Then price magically becomes less of an issue. So that's how this all fits together perfectly. Yep. Yep. It's, as I like to say, it's not rocket science because if it was, I wouldn't be talking about it. It all exists. I got the books you see behind me or not, I, I got a, I got a floor to ceiling bookcase to the right of me. That's just, that's all business books. It's selling its retention outside of healthcare. And they all say the same fucking thing, people. Oh, my goal is to make sure everybody keeps the E going on their podcast, that explicit E. It's all the same thing. And when you read across all industries, when you read across all types of business books, when you read across all kinds of experts in business, it's all the same thing. And then you get to healthcare and everybody's like, oh, oh no, that doesn't apply here. And I'm like, I'm going to call bullshit. Yep. So I'm going to move this a little bit forward. So you spoke a little bit about how you're helping people these days, but can you tell me what, what are their struggles? What are most of their struggles that they verbalize? They are at a point where they want to, I like this word scale. Most people don't know what it means, but they want to scale up. That means they want more growth. And what they're finally acknowledging and I love this in the conversation is I didn't do the work that I needed to be prepared to really add a new location to double my volume. And so, Jerry, I need help putting systems and processes in place, right? That will allow me to do that with, here's my favorite word, efficiency. Mm-hmm. So the bulk of the people I'm working with, whether in network, out of network, and by the way, you could be a new owner with one or two employees. I'm working with people with one and two employees. I'm working with people with 15 employees. I think you guys can already tell that the group with 15 is having to do a lot more work and spend a lot more money to get caught up, but they're committed to it. And I give them a lot of credit for that. And so this is, it sounds daunting when you're new and you only have a couple people. I cannot stress enough when you do the work today, it will return an ROI far greater than it will for anybody else because it's about time. It's about efficiency. It's about time and return on investment. And that dollar you earn today is worth more in 12 months than the dollar you earn in 12 months. And I I get it. And I hear what you're saying, because guys, you need to listen up. And all of you that are thinking about going into business or have already started your new business, I talk about this constantly to coach this you already know clinical skill. And if you have to learn a new clinical skill and you need to refine it, then do it and focus on that and focus on one thing and make it damn good so that somebody that is coming into your clinic gets everything they are looking for because you can fix them. We are musculoskeletal experts. But guys, if you do not understand business and you do not put together a system to manage the people before they get to texting you, calling you, or messaging you on Facebook, then you are going to unravel at the seams when you're trying to hire more employees and scale your business. Put your systems in. We're done. (laughs) That's true. I can't, I can only say it so many times. I have no kids. 
unfortunately, my last pet just passed away. So I just talk at the computer every day and repeat this over and over and going, you're either going to get it or you're not. And, you know, and I don't give anybody a pass anymore. It's like, do what you need to do, but understand this is what you have to do. And I get it. Now might not be the time, but just put a little asterisk next to this statement and don't start doing more of anything. By the way, right? What Kim said, you can refine your clinical skills. You can gain more confidence in what you're doing in the clinic, but don't try to grow it at the same time. Get good at that and then go, okay, now I'm ready to take the next step. Because I promise you that growth you try to achieve is going to be a waste of time, money, and energy, right? Yep. It sure is. So just to be clear, just to be clear, Jerry, what do you solve for owners? I help them understand how to manage one client through their entire life cycle within their business. And I say, I get them to understand that so that they can then replicate it thousands of times over across hundreds of employees, across hundreds of spaces. Because all you got to do, this is the interesting thing. I tell everybody, it only takes one successful customer, client, patient to grow your business if you have the systems in place to leverage that. So if I sit down with a practice owner and we understand the metrics to measure throughout their journey, if we understand who's coming in, if we understand their needs, their problems, their expectations, then we can replicate that a hundred times over with your team mm-hmm. every single step of the way. So what I help clinic owners do is figure out that journey and look for the holes. Because what I do with the clinic owners, day one, we have a two-hour meeting that I call a current state meeting. Okay. Tell me how your current patients get to you. Tell me who they are. Tell me how many you have, right? Tell me how many leads you have. Tell me how many are scheduling. Tell me how many are arriving. Now tell me once they arrive, what happens? Now tell me what happens in the eval room. Now, how many of those people are scheduling out? Now, how many people, how many of those people are completing a plan of care? How many of those people are dropping off? How many cancel calls? Mind you, I didn't say how many cancels. I said how many cancel calls because that's indicative of the problem. You manipulating your metrics to make your cancels look less um, don't solve a problem. So that's what I do. Again, if we can do it for one person, one client, now you may serve multiple people, I get it. But if we can do it for one, then we build out the system. So I bring in what I call my rules of engagement which are basically the systems. So I have the templates of managing someone from start to finish. And then we work together to build it out for your business. Because if you have your rules of engagement, your systems and processes in place to manage a client through their life cycle in your business, then that becomes a hiring tool. It becomes a training tool. It does. It becomes an onboarding tool. It becomes a culture tool. So again, that's what I'm doing for clinic owners. And then what I'm showing everybody is there's efficiency. I used this word before. There's efficiency with this. That means for every dollar you put into every patient, meaning hiring employees, you'll get a greater return. Your marketing, you'll get a greater ROI. This is, um, I had a hard time realizing this next thing I'm going to say. If your profit margin is 10%, right? And you're one clinic and you're three employees and you're doing 10%, awesome. If you add another employee and your profit margin is still 10%, problem. I'm going to raise my eyelids. If you open another clinic and have five more employees and your profit margin is still 10%, I'm going to raise my eyelids like I'm doing right now. This efficiency word and the definition of scalability, I've got a couple of YouTube videos on this for anybody who wants to dive into this. Just look for my scalability and growth 
videos. There's a playlist called Scalability and Growth, by the way. And as you add and as you grow, that profit margin should get bigger because of efficiencies in systems. Again, when I drop the next person in, they should be doing the same amount, right? And at the same time, I should be leveraging more mm-hmm. time, money, and energy from not only that customer, client, patient, but also from my team. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave it at that. So that's what I do with people. Cool. So let's take you back to when you opened your in-network clinic. Yep. What was your focus when you first opened your doors? What do you feel like your focus was? You know, the focus was always around the providers, right? So it was just, just get people in the door, get them in front of the providers. We have great treatments. We have great services. We'll take care of you when you're here. That's what the focus was. Yeah. So, and if you think about what I've been talking about further upstream and pre-arrival, that was non-existent, that mindset and that work to be done there. And that was a great question. I wasn't prepared for that. So about three things went through my head when you said that. And to be brutally honest, yeah, I I wanted to be as honest as possible. It was on the provider. We have great providers, right? We had our provider page had providers with bios, right? That were paragraphs long and everything was about our treatments and services Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and why you must come here. Right. All based on that. So what if you could have changed anything in your mindset back then, what one mindset shift would you think? would have brought you closer to where you are now just by changing that? One word, team, the team approach. And what I've learned more over the last 20 years, the single biggest takeaway I've learned is everybody on your team impacts your client, customer, patient's outcome. And I would argue if you look at it as a journey and as an ecosystem, as in any ecosystem, the further upstream you go in someone's journey with you, the greater the ROI is. So I hope all you providers are sitting down because that fucking means your front desk is far more valuable to your business than your providers. Yep. Now, I'll level the playing field out. And I like to, I I have to say it that way. Otherwise, everybody just blows it off. And that's the way you got to think about it because without the front desk managing this, so this is, we can really go down a rabbit hole and talk about just the first phone call for the next five hours is this is when, again, your front desk that you didn't train, that you hired improperly hangs up the phone and says, it's a price objection. And I listen to the call and I'm like, that's not a price objection. Mm -mm. You just lost Mm $1,500. That wasn't a visit. Remember people first visit arrival is far more valuable than 10th visit arrival because without the first visit arrival, you have no fucking 10th visit. So So there was a feed the other day, Jerry. I don't know if you saw it in one of the groups because we follow the groups and everything. How much do you pay your front desk staff? Yeah. So my front desk staff is a sales. So there are three roles of your front desk. So first off, and I think this was in my social media uh, yesterday, literally, no joke. Your front desk serves three roles. So step one is to understand what role you're hiring, and then you pay accordingly. Now, the the person answering the new patient calls that's responsible for putting all the new business on the books is paid differently than the face of the company, who is the customer service person, than the back office admin person who's paid. Mind you, they're all bonused, but that's for a different conversation. Mm-hmm. They're all on a bonus program because they're all helping to grow the business by doing what? delivering clients who arrive, pay, and then stay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So why shouldn't they all be bonus? Because without all three of them working together, right? Again, we've got, oh, price objection, oh, price objection, oh, drop off, oh, cancel, right? Oh, billing issue, oh, auth problem. I'm like, try to run a company, right? And that's the majority of my clients. So again, what do I pay them? You know, I always start with what role are they serving? And then, right, they all have their KPIs because those three roles have three different KPIs to deliver. And based on that KPI, they may get a smaller bonus, but then there's the big business bonus of a completed plan of care because no one person is going to get bonus for a completed plan of care because that's a team goal, right? right? That's the team approach. That's the result of the process of the team coming together, winning the game or actually a completed plan of care is a touchdown. It's a field goal. It's a basket. It's a whatever. It's a goal, right? The whole team coming together to put points off the board, on the board, and or keep points up the board. So I bonus on the result of the work that was done. And the only way you can do that is to then set up KPIs that feed into that ultimate goal, right? So that's why the voice of the company, the salesperson, has different KPIs than the customer service person, than the admin back office person, but they all play a role. Everyone is important in the ecosystem. So where, let's see, I want to be able to give three knowledge bombs from you, three tips for a new owner. This is a new owner starting their own practice. Now, the people that start practices with me are starting a wellness practice. So they're coming outside of their profession and building upon it using the stretch method. What are the three tips you want to give these new owners? Number one, you must understand who you're serving, right? I cannot stress this enough in healthcare. And if you're going to take third-party payers, you're going to have to be brutally honest with yourself and understand who are you serving and who truly your customer is and where the focus is. That's number one. Number two is you've got to understand their life cycle in your business. How do they find out about you? How do they come into your world? How do they move through the steps of a successful journey to become a client, a successful client? However, by the way, if you understand the life cycle, then you can assign a measurable, a metric to what success is for that client, right? This is what kind of cracks me up. Think about it in this context, right? You can tell the clinics whose first visit arrival rates are 85%. I'm like, that's fucking horrible. Other clinics, right? So this is what's funny when I ask people who measure visits, I'm like, visits? There's a lot of stuff left off of there. There's a lot of holes in that metric. I don't measure visits. They're useless. What I measure is our plans of care scheduled out. Are there drop-offs, right? Were there cancel calls? And what were the result of the cancel call, right? Those are far more valuable metrics. So if we understand who we're serving and their life cycle in our business, then we'll get to the metrics that matter. And then the third one is again, right? Where am I going to, where am I going to build these processes so that I can create the systems and hire the best people at each role? So those are the three things. And they have to happen in that order, by the way, (laughs) which I butt heads with people about that order, but I like budding heads. That's why I have no hair, Um, but I like budding heads. It's got to be that order. Who are you serving? Everybody says, oh, I got to, you know, it's got to be about my employees. I'm like, if you have no clients, you have no fucking employees. So I'm not going to go down this route right now, but you got to know who you're serving because by the way, once I know who I'm serving, then I can interview better to fill the roles, right? I talked about this recently in a YouTube video I did. It becomes a virtuous cycle. Don't get me wrong. 
eventually you lose sight. It's just chicken and the egg. I got happy employees. I got happy customers. But that had to start somewhere. And it had to start with you understanding who are you serving before you ever brought an employee on. Because by the way, I do a client's every freaking day, the first, the second, the third hire are horrible hires. I'm like, right. But you believe in this vision. Yeah. You believe in this mission. Yeah. And I'm like, Hmm. Right. Bringing in the wrong people. Not everyone will be able to work with you or for you because. And shouldn't. shouldn't and, right. Right. Yeah. We've all been there. We've all been there. Right. And you should be able to have an adult conversation. This is my big thing around salary right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Right. And you asked me how much someone would be paid, depending on where people are again in their role. I'm going to have all that information before someone even calls me. So I would have that in the general sense. But again, the answer was so those are the three things. Understand who you're serving, understand what their journey, successful journey in your business will look like. Right. And then understand the processes and systems you have to put in place to bring on the proper people to serve that person and deliver that experience that we started with that people will want to arrive, pay, and stay for. Yes. It's that simple. It is. That that, is is totally that simple. It's scary because what I just said in five minutes took me about 20 years to figure out. So there you go, my friends. And I used to have hair before I did all this, like I said. So So there we are. I also want to say this because I want to get this in because I want people to understand, right? When we think about stretch method and other things, when I talked about value at the beginning, you know, because... When I talk to Kim and I look at what Kim's doing, if you understand who you're serving, if you understand their journey in your business, then you build out the systems and processes that will make people successful in the business, in the offering that you built out. Mm -hmm. So if stretch method is part of a process, then you figure out how to sell it earlier in the patient's journey because it becomes part of the value equation. And then more and more people, I talked to Kim about this before we started recording, because then more and more people will buy into these things if they understand early on where it fits in the journey and what the value of it is. So whether it's a stretch method, whether it's some wellness program you have, whether it's we we go down a million different paths, Mm -hmm. you've got to make people aware of this. But the only way you can do this is if you understand their journey in your business. So things like stretch method will be far greater successful for you if you do those things. Mm -hmm. Mm Because I think it's a great value to you and the people you serve. By the way, you want to know another way to equalize out money and value is understand what people value. And I'm going to tell you right now, this day and age, people value their time greater than money. And I think, you know, I am seeing a trend because I'm on the preventative side of things. I'm not on that reactive Mm -hmm. care side Mm -hmm. as much. We do have people coming in for reactive, but they're going through a preventative care model. Mm -hmm. These younger populations look at things that we didn't, Jerry. Oh, yeah. They look at and are concerned about their musculoskeletal health and their posture. Posture is a huge, huge thing for these office workers. Mm Mm-hmm. And they look at things differently. So our PT world is shifting to a different, I don't even know, just a different paradigm. I mean, it is different. I agree. I agree. And let's go back to what I want to keep connecting dots for everybody. So when I have someone, if someone came to me who was using stretch method and said, Jerry, I want your help upstream selling this on the first phone call, right? So what Kim said is very important for me to draw out of people on the first phone call 
so I can determine what they value most Mm -hmm. so that they will then have something to assign in the value equation when you tell them how much it's going to cost. So we're back to understanding the person you serve. So it all fits together, my friends. And don't think of it as this big unknown and, oh my God, I don't know how to manage this. Yeah, you do. There's a template for success. And if I get someone on the phone and I understand their problem to be solved, then very quickly, and if I know I can serve them very quickly, I can say, I can help you, Kim. But I can't say I can help you till I know the problem she needs solved. Right. All right. Posture is really important to me. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you called us, Kim. Everybody in our clinic has that same concern and we are helping them. By the way, do you think you just kicked the value equation up? Yes. 5, 10, 15, 30, 40, $50. Right. So, I mean, in 20 seconds, because I ask him a question because I understand who I'm serving and I understand the journey in my business. Right. Again, I can go down any rabbit hole here you want, but all this today is connected, my friends. There's no disconnect here and there is no worries. And I hear Kim saying people are different today. And I nod my head and go, sure, but I'm just going to ask them what they want help with. That's fine with me. Right. And then I'm going to learn through my customer's life cycle, who I serve best. Remember the ROI and the efficiency I talked about? Because I document it all on a call log, a new lead log, sorry. And then when I go to spend money on my marketing at the beginning of the month, I see nine out of 10 people said they had postural issues. Well, if I'm going to do any sort of social media, any sort of Facebook ad, might I use the word posture in my marketing? Ding, 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 ding. So this is when I talk about efficiency and greater return on that dollar, right? And by the way, scale that up to five clinics, right? Again, this is where I say your profit margin can't be 10% as you're growing. This is how you get a greater ROI. You start getting more and more people. You invest in the Facebook side. That Facebook ad ROI goes up, up, and up because you're tracking why people are calling you. And what people are staying, what people are scheduling, what people are not. Why aren't these people scheduling? Take this shit out of the ads. Refine your message. Yeah. So it's, it's all in here and it's, there's, right. There's a template for success. My friends, what it needs is execution and dedication. It needs patience, persistency, and consistency is what it needs. You have to figure this out and you have to go through those. I mean, these are three tips. If if I would have understood that when I opened my business and focused solely on that instead of squirrel, 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 I need more leads. I need to attract more people. I need more people coming in. I need more people coming in. Change this. Do this. I would have been a lot more successful. A lot, a lot. Yeah, I love before. the way you, uh, I love the way you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then everything about, right? I love this example, you know, how long are you going to yell at your providers about cancels and drop-offs before you finally go, that's this, they're probably not the problem. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Here, let's put this very bluntly shit in, shit out. So if I don't understand who I'm serving and I put everybody on the schedule and I put everybody into the system, my team is not responsible. They're not for shit in. Mm-hmm. So only when I understand this patient's journey, who I serve, their journey and the systems and processes, can I then start to patch holes in it. Mm-hmm. But I find too many people looking to patch holes and they don't understand any of those three things. Right. So we're back to, you can't tell me you have a marketing problem when you don't know your conversion rate. You can't tell me you have a marketing problem when you don't know your schedule or arrive to schedule plan of care rate, Right can't tell me you have a marketing problem if you can't tell me your drop-offs. By the way, you can't tell me you have a marketing problem when 
This is the other thing, man. I run across clinics with when you put the cancel rate, drop off rate, no show rate all together, it's about a 30 to 40% churn. So for every hundred people that come into the system, 30 to 40 disappear. It's a lot of time, money, and energy, right? That's inefficient as mm-hmm. all hell. Mm-hmm. So you don't need more marketing. You need better systems and programs, right? To make sure you're putting the right people in. Because I always say you don't need more new patients. You need more new people who are the right fit for your business. Correct. Attract your ideal client, give them what they want, and they'll stay with you. Give them what they want. And then just repeat it, right? Mm -hmm. Systematize it, right? Mm -hmm. Dude, we just hit on some fabulous stuff. I so appreciate you coming on. Can you share with everybody where they can reach you? Yeah, I think the best places to go here, let's do this. If you want to just for free, 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 right? I've got a YouTube page that I'm really, really, really proud of. I put a new video up every week. It's Jerry Durham PT. I think it's up to 106 or 107 videos. Wow. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. And it's all there. It's all free. And you could, I had one of my clients who's been with me like three years. I got an email, no joke, this week. Uh, this weekend, I went down the rabbit hole of your YouTube page and I sent him a response. How'd that go? And he sent me back like three things he wanted me to work on with his front desk that he saw on my YouTube page. I was like, done. Then I have a podcast called What's Best for the Patient is Best for Business. And that's rolling out. I just did a whole selling series. It's about eight weeks long, the art and science of selling in healthcare. And there's a bunch of other stuff in there, but you can check that out. Then Instagram is Jerry Durham PT. Facebook is Jerry Durham. I have a page called What's Best for the Patient is Best for Business. I'd love to have you in there. Twitter, it's Jerry Durham PT. And I always caveat Twitter with you will get the full, unadulterated, unfiltered, complete Jerry Durham. Everything. Without the bourbon. With bourbon. You'll get (laughs) pictures of my booze. You'll get my political views. My warriors are in the playoffs. My giants are gone. You will get it all, my friends. You will get all my views. So tread lightly. If you go there, I'm just saying you'll get it all. Maybe a little harsh. Get your uh, hair blown back a little bit. But, you know, the best places are Instagram, YouTube, the podcast. Instagram is purely 99% business with a picture of me and my wife, like on Easter out at brunch, but that's about it. Now that I don't have any dogs, you don't have any dog photos. But other than that, you know, so those are the best places to go. And by the way, any of those places, I use the private messaging like a text platform and I reply to everything, my friend. So if you find me on Facebook, you can message me there. If you find me on Instagram, you can message me there. If you find me on YouTube, you can message me there, whatever you want. And those are the places to go reach out to him. Jerry is awesome. And he will truly help you understand the customer experience. Truly. All right, guys, thanks for coming on today. Hope you got those three tips that Jerry put out and focus on those three tips and get those going in your business so that you will have a successful business before you grow. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for joining.
joining us today on the Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast, where you, a rehab professional, can start, build, and grow your very own successful wellness cash practice. If you're ready to level up and become a stretch mobility coach, then head on over to our website, www.thestretchmobilitycoach.com. This website will take you through the next steps needed to practice as a stretch mobility coach. Come on over. 